What's up, guys, and welcome to the Underground Student Podcast. We are so glad that you are tuning in with us. Make sure you join us on Wednesday nights at 645 at Riverside Community Church. Make sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. We can't wait to see you guys. Enjoy. Yeah, week two. Real talk. Um, excited to be here. Excited to share with you guys. I know it's prom night. I know we want to get to dancing. So uh, I'm going to keep it pretty pretty brief here. Uh, but I believe that you guys are going to be encouraged by what the Lord has to share with you all tonight. But I can't go any further without us giving some love to our student pastors here. Let's give, let's give Josh and Nat uh, the most love that we can. I wish I had student pastors like Josh and Nat when I was in high school. I went to a very small church. And we did not have a youth group whatsoever. In fact, all of high school, I only went to one youth group service, just one. I was invited by a friend at another church, and it was a really good time. Uh, I never went back, and here's the reason why. I went to the bathroom right before I had to leave, and when I flushed the toilet at said youth group, instead of the water going down, yes, 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 you feel my pain. Yes, it came this way. Yes, yes. And I was horrified. I was mortified. And it was one of those things where it's like rising so slowly and you're like, I think it's at least going to stay in there. It's not going to come out. But wouldn't you know it? It all came out. Hey, real talk. That's what the series is called. I have an informal survey for you all. So if you're in the same position, you're at a new church, you flush the toilet and it's overflowing. Informal survey. How many of us leave the bathroom, we go find a leader or something, and we say, hey, the toilet is clogged in there, there's no, 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 no. Does everyone just turn the lights off, close the door, and pretend they ain't hear nothing, they ain't see nothing? Okay, you're my peoples. We talking for real out here. Okay, you're my peoples, because I would do the exact same thing. Sorry, I don't know how I got down that rabbit trail. I'm, I meant to be honoring Josh and Nat. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for doing with all the mess, dealing with all the mess of stu- student ministry, and just be encouraged um, when you're meeting with students, when you're encouraging them, when you're picking up the late night phone calls and everything else. You are sowing seeds that we will reap as a church and as a community for generations and generations to come. So thank you guys for doing what you do. And I'm in an honoring mood. Yep, yep, yep. Go ahead. Give it up for them. Yep. Yep. And so let me also honor uh, Kayla. If you weren't here last week, she shared her testimony. Come on. Hey. Hey. And it was, so, uh, it was so beautiful. I'm so encouraged. I was so inspired. In fact, I was, like that night, I was like, I know exactly what we're going to talk for real about next week. And it is just the power of our testimonies is what I want to dive into tonight. So we've all got them. They all sound different. Yet the Lord wants to partner with you and you being able to share your stories with everybody in your life so that we might uh, further the kingdom of God, which is really, really awesome. We're going to be in John chapter 9, though, and so I'm going to pray for us really quick before we get into Scripture. Let us pray. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for bringing everybody out here tonight. God, I thank you for you being all-powerful. I thank you for you receiving glory in everything that is happening tonight, even though the devil, that ugly devil, um, try to come out here and stir stuff up, give us technical difficulties, all that stuff. God, we just thank you that you're a God of peace and order, and we believe that exactly what you want heard tonight will be heard and will be received by the hearts of your children. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so uh, John chapter 9 I'm going to pick up in verse 8, but let me catch you up really quick in what is happening in John chapter 9. Basically, Jesus has been doing a lot of traveling, doing his thing, doing signs and wonders, miracles for everybody. Jesus comes across 
a blind guy, right? And what Jesus does is probably what any of us would do. He heals the blind man. He spits in dirt, and he takes the dirt, and he rubs it in the blind man's eye, and then he tells the blind man, go walk to the Siloam pool and get the dirt that I just put in your eye out of your eye. The blind man goes and does it, and he comes back, and now he can see. We pick it up in verse 8. It gets good. It gets juicy. Okay. Verse 8 says, this is the blind man's neighbors. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others says, no, he only looks like him, but he himself insisted, I am the man. Somebody say, I am the man. All right. Well, or woman, whatever. Uh, You could have changed it. All right. So some of us in this room are new believers, which is really awesome. Super exciting. And I don't know if you know this, but something happens when you commit your life to Jesus Christ. It's almost instantaneous every time. And if you haven't um, received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, tonight might be the night. But I'll warn you, this is what happens. Every time someone gives their lives to Christ, there are a whole bunch of people that come out of the woodworks way out of your past, and they'll come back and they'll try and remind you who you used to be before you knew Jesus. They'll try and do two things. They'll remind you who you used to be, and they'll also question your new identity in Christ. Um, And we can even see in verse 8 that this is exactly what was happening. This blind guy, do you guys care if I name him? Does somebody want to give him a name? I feel bad. Johnny? Okay. I heard someone said Josh. Uh, I like Johnny. I heard Johnny first. We won't say Josh. All right, so we'll call the blind guy Johnny. Everybody say Johnny. Okay, so blind Johnny, he was known to everyone. He's not even named in the Bible. He was known to everyone because he was blind. That was his identity, was in his blindness. He was known to be blind and to be a beggar. So much so that everyone was like, that guy right there, he sees way too well. That is, there's no way that guy is Johnny. Johnny! How many fingers am I holding up? Look, he can see. It's not Johnny. It's kind of what was going on. But he could see. And when I first received Jesus, the exact same thing was kind of happening to me. I had a lot of people that came out of the past that were just saying, Sam, is that Sam? Sam that used to be sneaking out of his mom's house, hanging out with people he had no business sneaking out with? That Sam, he wants to live life for Jesus right now? You for real? You mean that Sam over there, the same one that used to tell those dirty jokes? That Sam? And I'd be like, yep, yep, that's me. I'm living my life for Christ now. Nah, there's no way that's him. That's not the same Sam. And it's the same thing that was happening to the blind guy. But we can rest assured that we don't have to be accepted and we don't have to convince others of what we have decided to do, how we've decided to live our lives because we have been accepted by God, which is super awesome. But I love how this blind man, Johnny, we named him, responds. In verse 10, boom. How then were your eyes opened, they asked Johnny. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. Where is the man, they asked him. I don't know, Johnny said. So this is Johnny's entire testimony, and it's really simple, and all of you out here who have Jesus in your hearts, you have a testimony as well. 
It doesn't have to be something super long-winded, something super impactful. You don't need a seminary degree. All he did was say exactly what Jesus had done in his life, which is super awesome and super exciting. So if the Lord has healed you, you better tell somebody. Somebody say, you better tell somebody. You better tell somebody if he's healed you. If he has freed you, say, you better tell somebody. Okay, if he healed you, you better tell somebody. If he broke the chains of addiction in your life, you... Okay, you get it now. If he has restored a relationship that you thought would never be restored ever again, you... Okay, you get it. God has done things in your life, and guess what? He's partnering with you, and you have an opportunity to tell somebody, which is really cool. But I did want to take a second really quick tonight and say, what we're not going to do. Okay, cool. All right. Thank you. I wasn't expecting that. But this is what we're not going to do, all right? Whenever we have an opportunity to share our testimony, what we do not want to do is lament life before Jesus, all right? Does everyone know what that means, lament? No? Okay. Lament basically it means you don't want to mourn the days before you were with Jesus. Um, I've heard some testimonies where I've like met someone and I'm just like, hey, how'd you come in a relationship with Jesus? Tell me who Jesus is to you. And basically their testimony sounds like, oh, me? <laughs> Man, before I knew Jesus, G- man, I used to be bad. <laughs> like, I used to be real bad. Like, I used to, you know. And they're, like, kind of glorifying all these things that they used to do. And it doesn't really sound, it sounds more like they're mourning what used to happen in their lives. And they're not really, they haven't really received the freedom that they ha- have in Jesus. So we don't want to lament life before Jesus. And and I somewhat joke, but that is not what the blind man did as well. When they was when he was asked about his encounter with Jesus, he could have very easily have said, listen, I used to be a beggar, and I used to make all this money. I had shekels for days, all this other stuff. But instead, he was just like, no, it was, it was all Jesus. I know you don't know this man. I know I'm blind. I know I don't recognize his voice. I know everyone is challenging what I'm saying to you. But this man, he spit in the mud. He rubbed the mud in my eye, and now I can, I can see. And that's all that we have to do is just say exactly what Jesus has done for us. Another thing we're not going to do is insert falsehoods. Say insert falsehoods. All right. Kayla kind of hit on this last week when she shared her testimony. But sometimes when we share our story, I feel like as believers, there's pressure on us to make it sound more dramatic than it needs to be. Um, Sometimes we put pressure on ourselves to just share a testimony where we got like saved, the Lord showed up when we were in a volcano or something with shark infested water or something like that. And you're just like, wait, what? What are you, what are you talking about? Um, it doesn't have to be extra dramatic. All you have to do is just say exactly um, what the Lord um, has done. Uh, the significance of the blind man's saying, I don't know, in verse 12, um, when they asked him, like, what does Jesus look like? And he said, I don't know. It's so powerful. And it's so profound for all of us. I don't know if you've ever shied away from sharing your faith or talking about Jesus because you were worried about receiving a question or somebody asking something that you don't know the answer to. Uh, But the beauty of the Bible is, guess what we get to say? I don't know. Yeah, right. When we say I don't know, it is not us forfeiting our faith. In fact, that's where we find our favor. There's been so many times in Scripture where people have received healing. There's a, a man in Mark, that basically, um, he said to Jesus, help my unbelief. Like, I believe who you are, but help my unbelief. And God was moved by his honesty. So anytime we have an opportunity to just say, I don't know, we can say, I don't know. And the Lord is moved by it. But I I do just want to say that this man was full of faith, and you know it, because imagine 
if I could get everybody really quick to just close your eyes. Close your eyes if you're in the room. If you hear my voice, close your eyes. Okay, close your eyes. I see eyeballs. Um, okay, you're blind, all right? You're blind, Johnny. Imagine the faith that it takes to come up. Someone approaches you. You can't see them. You don't know them. They're a stranger to you, and they say that they would like to heal you. And you're like, okay, yeah, that'd be cool. I'd like to see. And the first thing they do is go, and they get ready to speak. I know, right? It's weird. I'm not full of faith because I most definitely would have been like, yeah, I'm all right. You're not about to spit in my face. I'm cool. I'm cool. Uh, we're cool. But this guy was so full of faith. And, and part of being full of faith is just being honest about where we are in our walk with Christ. Another thing we're not going to do. Last thing, when you share your testimony, we don't want to elevate our, right? Um, we have access to the Holy of Holies. We have access to relationship with God the Father because of what Jesus did, and we don't want to elevate ourselves. And when we see the story of Johnny, the blind man, um, what I also notice is he did not downplay like the work that Jesus did. Sometimes when we share testimonies, just in our flesh as Christians, it can very easily become about everything that we have done to earn our way into heaven. And I have fallen a victim of this trap as well. When I was in college, I remember meeting a friend for the first time. I was 19, and really I had not given my life to Jesus at that point in time. But I was very churched. I was very double-minded. I wanted to be loved by my church friends, and I wanted to be loved by everybody that wasn't outside of the church. I don't know if you can relate, but that is where I was at. And so I met this guy when I was 19, and we just got together for lunch, and he sat down, and he just asked me, hey, tell me, tell me about how you received Jesus. Tell me about your relationship with Jesus. And what I was hearing was, okay, Sam, it's time to brag about yourself. And so I began to go on this long-winded thing where I'm just like, listen, I've been in the church. I'm at church all day, every day, since way back when. My mother's second trimester, I've been at church. I've been to six mission trips. I know all the songs. I know all the Christianese. Let me tell you, I've served here, there, and everywhere, and everywhere. And I remember looking up across the table at this guy, and he was just kind of looking at me like this. And I was like, oh, you're not impressed yet. So then I went on some more, and I was just like, well, listen, I'm also taking a class in Greek, yeah, because I want to study just like what Jesus did and how he spoke to people and the language that he spoke in. And still, he was just not impressed at all. And I remember he just asked me a question that sent me to the sunken place. And if you get the reference, you get the reference. If you don't, you don't. But I was just like, I was just Dad, after he asked me this question, he just looked at me and he just said, okay, Sam, I, I hear about all the stuff that you've done, but he just said, but what about Jesus? Um, Sam, what has Jesus done in your life? And as sad as it is to admit, I'd been in church my whole, my whole life and I'd just never heard that question before, but the Lord knew that I needed it in that moment. Um, <clears throat> the Lord knew that my opportunity to share a testimony wasn't time for me to brag about myself, but I didn't even mention the finished work of the cross and what that meant for me. And so in my notes here, I also have, um, I also have just the word testimony because tonight, if I'm encouraging everyone to go out and share their story, share their faith, wherever they're at, it would probably make sense for me. But I said up top, I kind of wanted to keep this short. And 
the awesome thing is when you look at Johnny's testimony, it was very brief and short as well. And so your testimony doesn't have to be anything, again, long-winded or whatever, but whenever you share your testimony, whomever you're sharing it with, if you, if you have the opportunity to share it with someone who's not a believer, at the end of the conversation, they should know how it is they can come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, right? So all my testimony is, my name is Sam. I'm a sinner. Um, I have done things that have offended God so much so that I deserve death. Um, and me, in my own power, in my own strength, I can't do anything to come into a relationship with God the Father. And so... God, in his grace and his mercy, he sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross on my behalf so that I, I wouldn't have to partake in the judgment of God, but instead I've been granted access and relationship uh, with God the Father. And that's, that's essentially all it is. And if you ever have the opportunity to share your testimony, um, I just have four things that I think will be helpful for you in terms of making um, it more clear. And again, you don't have to be walking with Jesus for a super long time. You could have just gotten saved two minutes ago, and you are already uh, a living, walking testament to what God is doing here on earth and the kingdom of heaven coming on earth. So just a couple things for you to take away. If you're like practically like, yeah, I get this, but I don't really know how to go out and share my testimony. First things first is um, pray. Uh, pray for boldness. Pray for opportunity. Pray for wisdom and pray for discernment. Um, when I began to pray these sorts of things, the Holy Spirit just came in my life in a mighty way, and things that I had already experienced a bunch of times, I now view it as an opportunity to just be honest and have a real talk about who is to me. Um, many of us maybe don't work yet, but whenever I'm in a job interview, that's the only time I ever get asked the question, tell me about yourself. And if you ask any professional coach or counselor or whatever, whoever you meet, a guidance counselor at school, everyone will always tell you, don't ever talk about your faith whenever you go in a job interview. Don't ever talk about religion. Don't ever talk about politics. Don't ever talk about this. Don't ever talk about that. I've never gone in a job interview and have been like, oh, I'm going to go share my faith today. I'm going to get this guy saved or whatever else. Um, but in a very natural way, the Holy Spirit has come in my heart and has just given me opportunity in every single job interview I've ever been in for me to just share my faith. And I haven't always worked at a church. I worked in very secular jobs. I worked at a liberal arts college. Um, and they say, tell me about yourself. And randomly, I like black out. And my testimony is just like, bloom, receive it, receive it. And... And by God's grace, it's not me boasting of myself, but by God's grace, I've never not received a job, right? And if I don't share my testimony because I'm like, oh, if I share my testimony, God's going to give me favor and then he's going to give me this job. No, I share my testimony because I know when I walk into an interview, I don't want anything to do with this job if I can't be honest about who I am as God's chosen child. And so um, if you ever have the opportunity and someone's like, tell me about yourself and you know who you are in Jesus Christ, tell them who you are in Jesus Christ. They don't give you the job. You don't want that thing. You don't need that thing. Um, number two, rely on the Holy Spirit. It's not our job to persuade, to overpower, or save anybody. Um, all we have to do is just be obedient to the Lord. All we got to do is just share our stories. It's that, uh, it's that simple. I've met with a student here who just openly is like, yeah, I'm, I don't. I don't believe in Jesus, which is really, which is really cool. And uh, I remember meeting with them, and they're like, 
yeah, this is this is nice and everything, but you're not going to convince me to believe in Jesus. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm not I'm not trying to convince you. This is just an opportunity for me to share my faith. All we do is sow seeds. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit will bear the fruits of those seeds. We have no control over whether or not those seeds take root and they grow and they produce a lot of fruit. All we do is have to be obedient. Third thing, own the truth. Own the truth of the gospel and what Jesus did for you and own the truth of what you did in your life. As I mentioned up top, people are going to come around and they're going to try and question your new identity and they're going to try and remind you really hard about who, who you were. I'm not on Facebook and social media anymore. Um, and most of the reason why is because when I first gave my life to Christ, it was just a bunch of friends that I have. It was just easy access for them to try and pull me back in to stuff that the Lord had completely shifted my heart and shifted my desire for. And so it became, it was just easy for me to get off of there. And now I could go back on, but I just don't like social media. But, um, <clears throat> but just own your truth, even when people come and try and pull you out of who you are in Jesus. And the fourth and last thing is to magnify the name of Jesus, okay? We wanna, we wanna lift up Jesus and sharing our testimonies. Don't be like me. Uh, or yeah, don't be like me when I was 19 and just talk about everything that we've done, but be like the blind man. I still see this happening. Um, I'm the worship pastor, and so sometimes I still get worship applications, and one of the first questions on the worship applications is, tell me how you came into a relationship with Jesus, and too many times I read, well, I've gone to church at whatever church since I was whatever, whatever, and I've done this, and I've done this, and we just need to know that that's not our testimony. Our testimony is completely us boasting in Jesus. We boast in our weaknesses so that we can make much of his name. Um, so those four things, all right? That's it. Just pray, rely on the Holy Spirit, own your truth, and magnify the name of Jesus. And I kept my jacket on, and it still smells like corn dogs out here. Um, but let us pray together, and we can get on to doing some dancing. Uh, God, I just thank you for um, just your word tonight. I thank you. Uh, that you allow us, you equip us, and you empower us to partner with you in what you are wanting to do um, in the kingdom of heaven. God, I just ask for opportunity to apply what we've heard tonight, even as we're dancing, even as we're having fun. I pray for opportunity for us to have real talks about just where we are in um, our relationship with Jesus. God, I thank you for the, uh, the hearts that you already occupied tonight. And God, I pray for the ones that you do not yet live inside of. And I just ask um, that you would help us all. You would help us all just see this as a ministry that's not just meant to be done by pastors and student pastors and, and people that are on staff at a church, Lord. But this is, this is the body of Christ's ministry, is to seek and to save the lost, is to introduce people into your love and invite them into your kingdom. So God, I thank you again for what you've done tonight. In your precious name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.